Awesome. So I promised I'd be half an hour. I'm going to set my timer. Um, as soon as I start speaking. That's <laughs> how much time I can use up before I actually... No jokes. And as I said, we um, as a church welcome kids. We realize kids are part of the family. We are family, a family of God. So, yeah, we are more than used to having kids making noise and running around. So please don't feel that you're putting us out, okay? I will just keep going, and you can all just keep listening, <laughs> hopefully. Okay, I've set the timer officially. I'm on the clock, okay. So, <laughs> this is new to me. I'm just an experiment. But um, Alan, just to say, not alone. Um, I cry most times I'm on the microphone, so you're in good company. Um, but I wanted to share something that I had on my heart this week, I was driving in the deep south, which is um, Komiki side. I went to go see some people. Uh, I went to go see Michael and Dave and Pam. And just, it's an incredibly beautiful part of the country. If you live at that side, I'm slightly, slightly envious. Um, but I live in Musenberg, so I'm still okay. But um, it's incredible out there. And I was listening to these songs on my phone. And uh, I listened to a playlist of very diverse music and just all different styles and genres. And the song came on that I've heard many times before. And for some reason, it just caught my attention. I was like, sure, God, there's something to what this song is saying. And the words that caught my attention, and I hope we will sing the song later. The words that caught my attention in the song were these. And I've been waking up every morning and just singing these songs, these words, over and over and over and over. Because this is what they say. And like a jar of sweet perfume, I will give my life to you. All my love poured out on the feet of Jesus. See, there's something about those words. When I heard them, I was like, I just, that, that one line, all of my love poured out on the feet of Jesus. And as it happened, my devotional that morning was again about uh, Mary of Bethany anointing the feet of Jesus. I was like, okay, Lord, I think you're trying to tell me something. I was going to preach from Mark 14, but I feel like you're asking me to preach this from John 12. And it's an incredible piece of scripture because it talks about this thing of Mary of Bethany, how she anoints the feet of Jesus six days before Passover. So I'm going to read this passage, John 12, 1 to 8, and I'm going to skip the middle section. I'm not skipping it to avoid it. It's just the part where Judas is saying that she shouldn't have broken the vase because it costs a lot of money, but I'm very aware that it's there. Okay, so don't think that I'm avoiding it on purpose. I'm not. It says, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. And if we go a little bit further down, it says, uh, after, after Judas has almost rebuked her for, for wasting this, ex- this expensive perfume, right? He's talking about the money and how much it could have cost. Jesus says to Judas, leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. And then he answers Judas again, and you will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Now, it's a profound story and a profound picture. In fact, I think it's powerful and incredibly emotive. And when I read it, I get a little bit emotional. 
Because here you have this woman, Mary. And what's amazing about these, these chapters in John 11 and 12 is it tells us a little bit about the character of Mary. To be honest, when I first read it, I was like, Mary seems a little bit emotional. Seems like she just seems to get emotional at the drop of a hat. But I think there's more to it. And as I went through the scriptures, as I read through chapters 11 and 12, there's something of Mary's character that comes out. Now, we've all heard the sermon before of why to be a Mary and not a Martha. Have we heard this? Okay. This is not that, okay? But it's a great sermon to preach. As we go through chapter 11 and 12 of John, we see this, and, and, and Scripture does it. It's kind of... It, um, it has Martha, and then it says what Mary does. So it kind of contrasts them against each other, which is incredible. It says Martha goes out to meet Jesus, whereas Mary goes to him quickly. Martha comes to Mary and says, Jesus is here. And, and Mary actually runs out to meet Jesus. In her excitement, people follow her. Martha tells Jesus about Lazarus. And in fact, they use very similar words. But when Mary tells the story, she falls at Jesus' feet in tears and tells Jesus about what's happened with Lazarus. And Mary and Martha seems to be able to control her emotions. She's not, maybe she, I'm sure she was emotional. The scripture says that they were grieving and being consoled about the death of Lazarus. But Mary weeps openly. So by the time we get to our passage in John 12, we kind of see why and how Mary responded the way that she did. Why she felt it was necessary to fall and sit at the feet of Jesus and pour ointment on his feet. Now, you might be saying, and this is what I said, is that maybe these are just character traits. Maybe Mary, as I said, is emotionally, is just naturally emotional, and Martha is naturally not. So I have two children, Rosie and Sophie. Rosie is naturally not emotional. So she can watch the world's most emotional movie, and she'll sit there with a stone face and just go like, yeah, good movie. Sophie, and she's here, Soph, I love you. <laughs> if Sophie sees the picture of a movie and suspects that there might be something sad in that movie. She will not watch that movie. I mean, it's a suspicion. Like, Sophie, this movie is amazing. You'll love it. She will not watch the movie. And the problem is we've made her watch movies which we thought weren't sad, and they were, and then it all just went south. So, <laughs> you, might, so you might say that in some sense that Mary is just an emotional type in the way she's responded through chapters 11 and 12. And I'm sure some of us I like that sometimes. But I, I think there's more to it. I think there's more to Mary just being an emotional person in the way she responds to Jesus. And I think there's a key to this in Luke 10. And it's that famous story which uh, Martha is serving and Mary again is sitting at the feet of Jesus in Luke 10. And Martha's going like, I'm doing everything and she's not doing anything. And what does Jesus say to Martha? He says, But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. 
But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. These words, I think, really resonated with me. Mary has chosen the good portion. And I think there's something significant about that. And as I thought about it for my own life, I thought, how often do I, like a Martha, allow things to distract me from keeping, or or things that keep me away from sitting at the feet of Jesus? How often am I anxious and troubled, and how often do I let that anxiety and trouble keep me away from the good portion which is sitting at the feet of Jesus? And in fact, I think there's something about choosing like Mary did, to wait, to weep, and to pour out our praise as an offering to Him. I don't think Mary was just the emotional type. I think she had chosen to give herself completely to Jesus. In a sense, she wears her heart and her emotions completely on her sleeve. And we all know that when we are so devoted in love with someone, it's easy to get emotional about that person and to react in a way that is a sense of devotion to that person. So, as we finally approach our passage, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Mary's absolute devotion to Christ. Again, Martha serves, Mary sits. And then the passage goes on to say this, and then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it onto Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Now, Mary sits at the feet of Jesus and she takes this expensive perfume, this nod. And I was reading about this. It's quite a strange word for the English tongue, nod. But it comes from this plant called the spike nod and it's found in India. So being in Israel, this would have been bought from far away and bought. And it's an expensive, quite rare ointment that she would have had. And she takes this and she, she pours this on Jesus. And as she does this, as she's in this posture, there's three things that I think we need to take note of. And as I was reading the scripture, these things just stood out for me. Firstly, as she approaches Jesus in a posture of prayer and devotion and love, she completely humbles herself in plain view for everyone to see. It's easier sometimes to humble yourself before the Lord by yourself in your room and to weep before Him. But there's something about weeping before the Lord openly for everyone to see that this is your Savior. This is the one that you love and are devoted to. And she assumes this position of humility and devotion at the feet of Jesus. It's a beautiful picture. Secondly, she unclasps her hair. Now, at that time, for a woman to let her hair down in public was considered improper. 
not something that you did. And yet she lets it down, not for the people to see, but just for Jesus. And not only that, but she takes that hair and she wipes his feet with the hair. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 11 that the long hair is a woman's glory. And yet even despite that, she says, it doesn't matter. I'll use my hair to wipe your feet, to wipe this ointment. And again, this wiping of someone's feet was seen as an act of servanthood and submission. And these three things she does, these three acts as she's sitting at the feet of Jesus, she is unashamed, she is undone, and she is undignified. And I have to ask myself, when last did we come to him like this? Unashamed, undone, and undignified. Not in private, but in public. Because we can sometimes get so stuck on, on decorum and what is dignified. If I do that in church, it's not dignified. And yet, David says, I will become even more undignified than this. And we love that part, but he goes on to say this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. We know that story. He, he's leaping before the Lord, and his wife criticizes him. And he says, the servant girls have seen what I've done, and they will praise the Lord because of it. Let us be a church that doesn't let decorum and being dignified get in the way of us pouring ourselves out at the feet of Jesus in worship and praise. Oh, that we would position ourselves more often like this. When we come into worship, that our hearts would be in the place of, I'm coming into worship just to put myself at your feet, Jesus. And if you ask me to kneel, and if I weep openly, that's fine because you're worthy of my praise. Unconcerned with the world around us and our appearance and just finding ourselves at the feet of Jesus. And we will worship after this as a response. Now, there's no pressure for everyone to go down on their knees, but there's something about a posture in our hearts of coming to God and going, God, in this moment, for the next 20 minutes, I want to pull myself out for you. I want to give you the praise and honor and glory that you deserve. I'm a ding for time. Well, <laughs> oh, I've got plenty of time. Excellent. <laughs> no, 15 minutes. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and then scripture goes on, to, and the scripture again says, She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. And she pours out this nard, this oil that is in an alabaster jar. And she pours out everything she has of earthly value. Many scholars and commentators will say that this was her inheritance. And instead of holding on to any earthly possession she has, she pours it out at the feet of Jesus. She has nothing else to give. 
And as she pours out this oil, she pours it out sacrificially in the sense of this is everything I have of value. It is yours. She brings a sacrificial offering at the feet of Christ. And when we think of this offering, we have to think of the Old Testament sacrificial system where they would bring animals. And Leviticus tells us that the offering that they bought as they burnt the animals and the drink offerings and, and the aromas was a pleasing aroma to the Lord. It says this, And the priest shall burn it on the altar on the wood that is on the fire. It is a burnt offering, a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And I was trying to think, like, have I ever been in a space like that where I've been in a room where it's been filled with a fragrance and aroma? Like, what does God, what does it mean? He, he, he smells this aroma. And Keith and I were talking a while ago about the Atlas Trading Company. Now, has anyone been there? Okay. It's the oldest spice shop in Cape Town. And it's in Burkhop. And it's incredible, because I remember going there as a boy. And you walk into this room, and it's literally the walls are soaked with spices. I mean, the walls are probably kept up with spices at this point. <laughs> but you walk in, and you hit in the face with this incredible, just spicy, fragrant aroma. And it's incredible. And the whole room, you can't get away from it. You just, unless you leave the shop and you go in there and you buy your spices and it's just this incredible thing. But there's, there's something about this thing of as Mary pours out this offering, the whole room is filled with this fragrance that is pleasing to the Lord. That's the closest I've come to it with the Atlas Trading Company. But the interesting thing is, is that nard smells like spices. So if, in a practical example, if you ever wanted to maybe picture what it was like for Mary to be at the feet of Jesus and that room to be filled with that fragrance, go to Atlas Trading Company <laughs> and stand in the doorway, close your eyes and take a deep breath. And then when they ask you what you're doing, just buy some spices because that you look a bit weird. But, uh, but it's a good exercise. So it, gives us, it gives us insight into something of, of what this thing is. And as I was reading the scripture, this thing just hit me of, so, so the Old Testament talks about the burnt offering being a sweet aroma to the Lord. And as she makes this offering at the Lord's feet, this bottle, this alabaster jar of oil, the aroma of that oil is swept up into the very nostrils of God as he sits in front of her. And it's this picture of this Emmanuel of God is with us. This very, this very intimate, close thing of like she's pour, <laughs> pouring out oil at the feet of Jesus. <laughs> and he smells and he's just like, this is pleasing to me. <laughs> I don't know with you. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm quite happy to cry. But, but church, we don't have to imagine. <laughs> because when we worship just now, there's something of that happening. We, we come and worship and we just cut like, like, Jesus, this offering I'm giving to you, I'll pour it out, God. <laughs> and everything we give to him is a sweet aroma to him. And he says, this is pleasing to me. 
Give anything and everything you have. Give as little as you've got or as much as you can. If that means leaping with joy and adoration in front of your king like David did, do it. If it means weeping and falling on your face, do that. Because all of it is a sweet aroma to him. I didn't plan on crying. (laughs) And Jesus says, Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. And I wonder, Jesus, if him knowing that he's the Passover lamb that takes away the sins of the world. And Mary, by, by this little act of devotion, is including herself in the story of redemption. And she's readying her Savior for sacrifice. And perhaps she knew and was attentive to his prophecies about the death. You sometimes think that the disciples were so unattentive they didn't see anything coming. He has to remind them. It's maybe Mary had heard something. And as she anoints him, and she anoints him in a sense... his burial or perhaps she was anointing his feet out of pure devotion to him this was the only thing she could do in that sense to show her love for him but her offering was pleasing to God and actually some commentators have speculated that that this spice this nard spice is such a strong smell that um, when when she was she anointed Jesus with it there's a strong possibility that he would still have been able to smell that Aroma. While he was beaten. While he was crucified. He has a reminder of this amazing act of what Mary has done for him. But, as pleasing as the burnt offerings were, as fragrant as the aroma of Mary's offering As sacrificial as a giving, there is one sacrifice, one offering that is the sweetest fragrance and aroma to God. I'm getting an amen from the back. I love it. Is that Max? Max is in. No. (laughs) Ephesians 5, 2 says this, And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Hebrews 10 tells us, day after day, every priest stands to minister and to offer again and again the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made a footstool for his feet. Because by a single offering, he has made perfect for all time those who are being sanctified. 
In the old covenant, the priest would labor day after day after day, sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. And Christ comes and he makes one sacrifice for all time, and it is a pleasing aroma to God. It is sufficient for everyone. And he comes to take away finally and for all the sins of the world, yours and mine. <laughs> That's the good news of the gospel. <laughs> She's ready for worship. <laughs> and maybe you've never heard that news before. Maybe as I'm speaking, you've never, you're welcome to come in. Don't worry, it's all good. <laughs> and I've made it more awkward, I'm sorry. <laughs> but you've never heard of this great sacrifice. As we've spoken about Mary pouring this oil as a pleasing aroma, and we've worked our way through to Christ, who is this amazing sacrifice. And it's a sacrifice He's made for you and for me, for everyone in this room. The only thing you need to do is to trust Him and believe Him Repent and turn from your sins. And that sacrifice is applied to you. Where your sins will be washed away once and for all and forever. And I would encourage you, if you've, if you've never surrendered yourself to Christ, if you've never accepted the sacrifice that He's made on your behalf, that you would do that. I, you, you're more than welcome to come speak to me afterwards. I would love to talk to you more about it. But church, Anton and Aline, do you want to come get ready? This afternoon we have an opportunity to come to the altar and to offer a sacrifice of praise to our King. Hebrews 13, 15 says this, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess His name. Now, I'm just saying to you we should do it for maybe 25 minutes, but Scripture says we should be doing it continually. I know there's snacks. It can be a great incentive to stop worshiping. <laughs> continually offer Him a sacrifice of praise. We'll praise Him now, and it's going to be amazing. But what about tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday? Every day, offer him a sacrifice of praise. So church, bring your offering to his feet. And as we do that, I pray that the aroma of our praise will be pleasing to him. And like Mary, we come unashamed, undone, and undignified. Are we going to worship? Do you want to stand? And again, this is between you and God. This is not between anything else.